Graves. Welcome to The H Word. It's our first episode, uh, episode zero. I'm joined, um, my name is Becky Johnson. Hello. And I'm joined by my buddy, Dan Byrne. Hi, Dan. Hi. Hi, Airwaves. Um, so here we are figuring out what a podcast is, or I am anyway. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. You have some understanding. Um, well, I've listened to some, mm-hmm. um, and I think it's a great, timing-wise, I think it's great sort of like 10 years into podcasts to sort of like start one not knowing what to do. Yeah. I think it's great. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think so too. Yeah. It's, uh, this is, uh, if, as you're listening to this, it's January 1st, 2020. Yes. Happy New Year. Happy New Year, everybody. And yeah, did you have something to say? Yeah. So this is the H word. This is the H word. This is a podcast about hope, ostensibly. The H word is hope in this case, although it can be herpes or... And it came about as uh, as an, a reaction to a sort of general feeling of hopelessness. Yeah, exactly. Um, a sort of a looking at the world and not wanting to engage in what's going on. Not wanting right. to get out of bed, maybe. Right. Um, so, yeah. So, trying to figure out how to be useful uh, in a conversational, comedic manner. And to discuss things that, that um, perhaps bring about feeling of hope um mm. and uh and and uh, and, I, and i like the way you thought up the title and i like the way the way that that sort of elicits this feeling of um scariness yeah. it's, al- it's almost scary to talk about it is scary because hope um and i was looking up some dictionary definitions to prepare for this oh good um don't have any... webster's defines hope <laughs> exactly as... don't have them with me good but the broad strokes are um hope exists in the future Mm. Right. This is cool because we're recording a couple weeks earlier, so we are actually time traveling through doing this. Right. Um, hope exists in the future. The future is extremely scary right now. It's not the first time in history the future has been scary, but we're, of course not. We're in it. Yeah. Maybe it's always scary. I, uh, yeah, I, I agree. I, I agree. It's but it's 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 both, and um, it can just be hard to listen to the inner voices that lean one way or the other in terms of the future. Which are the two ways? Because my the two ways are hopeless and hopeful. <laughs> right, right. Um, um, do you feel like you're a hopeful person? Um, not particularly, but I do feel like I'm a positive person. Yeah. Do you feel like you're a hopeful person? No, no, not at all. Um, in fact, I was thinking about this sort of January first, twenty twenty. I, uh, I mean, we've got a couple weeks to go at the time of recording, but I'm shocked that I made it this far quite honestly. In your life. Yeah, like I didn't think I'd be alive this long, I think. Certainly didn't have a conception of it. Right. And do you want to discuss your age? I'm 41 years old. 41. Um, I guess I'm about to be 42 mm. at the time of broadcast. Uh, I'm 37. Yeah. Uh, I will turn 38 in the year 2020. Yeah. Um, and so you're not, you're not a hopeful person and you're surprised that you've lived this long. Um, and so... As a, you know, as a, as a pattern or a habit, you do have issues with the future in general. Yeah. And yeah, I I do. And I wonder if they're, if they're, if that's normal. Right. And so this is kind of a quest, right? Mm -hmm. This, this show is kind of a quest. And so we're going to be talking to um, a variety of guests and bringing in people's perspectives on hope and their own relationship with it. Yeah. um, In a attempt to learn something about that concept whether it applies to our lives and 
who we are as yeah. people. Because there's this, there's a sort of, um, I guess it's considered new age, uh, I notion or philosophy of like, be here now, be in the now, be present, be mindful. Mm. But that seems misleading in some way. In some ways that's a, maybe a very good philosophy and useful, like we shouldn't overthink the future, but not planning at all or not thinking at all about where we're headed seems incorrect as well, right? I agree with that. Yeah. So, um, but figuring out, I, I want to unpack what that balance is. The balance between the present and the future. Yeah. And, and thinking ahead and not just getting in your head. Like there's that, yes. you know, that, um, I don't know, it's a quote from somebody. I really didn't do my research very well, but that. Okay. Um, a quote from someone. <laughs> yeah. According yeah. to, you know, someone. Um, most of the things I was worried about never happened. So mm. in that way, we don't need to get ahead of ourselves. But. But I'd like, I, I currently don't have a view of the future that is positive. Yes, neither do I. In fact, when I, um, the longer my view into the future gets, the worse it gets. Oh, what kind of things do you see? Well, um, I, I often think about, I often think about um, the breakdown of society occurring within my lifetime. Yeah, I, I feel like civilization uh, might collapse within the decade. Within the decade, my goodness. Well, I've been reading some articles. By 2030. Yes. Okay. Uh, civilization, that is. So that's just sort of the rules we exactly. put in place. It's not necessarily the worst thing either. Right. And and um, I was uh, doing some um, homeless outreach in Los Angeles in the wintertime. Mm -hmm. And I was down by the LA River. And um, it had sort of, there had been a, a high watermark recently. And so a bunch of uh, yeah. sort of trash had been caught in the brush that's in the middle of the LA River. And then it had sunken down and there was people living on the sort of island in the middle as they often do because it's it's an island and it's away from the street. And um, it looked like full on apocalypse. And I was and it was like, oh, yeah, the apocalypse is slow. Like, it's not fast. It's not this event that occurs to everyone at the same time. It's like it is happening. Yeah. It is happening to some people. It's already here. And so it's going to be this slow creeping thing. And so I, it, it does feel, the future feels to me like a filling bathtub. And I wonder like when it will sort of crest above my nose, you know? Yeah, especially in Canada. Um, we're Canadians for anybody who... Uh, for all our American it. listeners. Yeah. yeah. For all of our, you know, and overseas listeners. And, yeah, airwaves. Um, everyone who's in, in the airwaves. Yeah. Um, in the ether. Uh, we're Canadians. And, and, and life here, I, I think, feels relatively pretty good. Which is certainly strange when you can see all around you that it's it's not okay. I mean, I think in the north, it, oh yes, you can, you can see polar bears starving and stuff. But. Yes, and this is, I think, is a big tension that I live with: is that I, I live a very good life, uh, and so that's um, uh, not only does it, not only do I struggle with um, the idea of feeling hope because it's like what you know i i i feel um like are you allowed yes exactly i feel i feel guilt i feel a lot of guilt yeah uh and so uh yeah am i in a position where um i should even be making space for hope in my life like Ooh. um is wow. that my is that my place wow that's mm. profound oh um well do you want to try to answer the question um me personally yeah. I would I would love if you went first. Okay, so the question that that I've come up with to 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 as a jumping off point in each episode is that we will answer this weekly, as will our guests. Which is what's one thing this week that made you feel hopeful? And um, I'm happy to go first. 
Uh, I struggled a lot with this question this week. Hmm. First, uh, out of the gate, you struggled. <laughs> yeah. It's, yeah. It's, I had the notion to do this. Yeah. I worked to bring this into the world. Yeah. And I you, had a very hard time. You threw this party. Yes. <laughs> and you don't even know what you want. <laughs> To receive as a gift. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Oh, you get gifts if you throw parties? Well, sometimes. Oh, okay. You throw a birthday party. Yeah? Yeah. Baby shower. That's a, that's a gift machine right I guess there. I always bring something to a party, but I try to. Actually, I don't always. Anyway. Mm. Um, yeah. Episode three. Episode <laughs> three. It's an intervention about how I need to bring a bottle of wine. Yeah. Um, yeah, I really struggled with it, but that made me like the question more. And, and I also thought, I thought about it where I was like, this also makes, this sets a good precedent that the question is what's important and thinking about the question is what's important, not coming up with a correct answer. Ah, okay. Yes. You know, it's not Thank like... Thank you, because my answer is not good either. It's not good? Okay. Well, <laughs> well I'm not... very, I'm getting very excited. <laughs> okay. Um, so I, so the question, what was one thing this week that made you feel hopeful? I, I had, I had a runner up, whoops, I'm knocking things around. You had uh, a runner up. I had a runner up. Now, my runner up, what made you feel hopeful this week? Actually... I talked about it on Stacey McGonigal's uh, podcast, who is our producer here. That podcast is called Regular Girls, which you can find online. On, yeah. Um, oh, on the airwaves. Spotify? <laughs> yeah, I think it's on Spotify. They don't pay their artists very well, but it, it's there. I'd like to hear Dan just try and name all the platforms yeah. for Yeah. Okay. There's Netify. There's Spotflix. Apple Beckett. Um, there's Amazon. There's uh, Amazon Zoom. There's Watch a Snack. There's yeah. SpaceX. Yeah. Yeah. Binge Tune. <laughs> Purge Tune. Yeah. Um, so, <laughs> okay. Anyway, I talked about this on Stacey's podcast, which is um, I've been very inspired lately. So I wouldn't say this is this week, but I've been very inspired by a television show called The Masked Singer. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I, uh, I'm with you. Keep going. Was that, did I steal your what made you hopeful No, this week? not at all. Uh, but I, I, for anyone who doesn't know, that is a show on uh, what channel? Fox, I think. Um, where they, I don't know. it doesn't really matter. Where uh, it's a reality show where contestants, uh, week to week, are wearing these hugely elaborate costumes. Yeah, like it's like a, a pelican. Yeah. <laughs> it's, but underneath the pelican, it's like I don't know it's like Macy Gray or something, <laughs> yeah. and and you don't know, and so they say, they 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 have a voice uh, modulator, so when they speak normally, you can't understand what they're you can't you can't detect who they're who they are by their voice, but when they sing, it's purely their voice, and so these judges Ken Jong and others Ken Jong sometimes I don't uh, know who they all are. There's like maybe a magician's assistant, and yeah, um, is Nick Cannon hosting? Oh yeah, yeah, and and, and they try to Alan discern. Alan Thick, Robin Thick, Rob, yes, <laughs> All right. Alan Thick, R.I.P. Um, uh, I met him once. Okay, he grazed, do you want to go on this tangent? He grazed my breast with his knuckle. Do you want to talk about that? <laughs> no, that's enough. <laughs> okay, and uh, it's uh, you know week to week someone is revealed, and um, you know you've probably seen the show or heard about it. I mean, the Masked Singer it's around now. Here's what makes me feel hopeful about the Masked Singer, please. So. <laughs> Even though it's a runner-up, so I have two answers. So what made me feel hopeful about The Masked Singer is like reality television, um, I don't watch a ton of, but I've, I've seen enough. And it seems extremely negative, seems to focus on drama and fights and stuff like that, which I really don't like. I think that other than like, you know, when they have Joel McHale on The Masked Singer when he's very negative, other than that, it's purely positive. When people get eliminated, it's fun for everybody, mm. including the person eliminated. And mm -hmm. I'm very impressed to see any kind of popular art and entertainment 
that operates with that much fun. Yeah, what I what I like about it <laughs> as different from America's Got Talent, American Idol, this kind of uh, X, sort of X Factor, X Factor, X this tunes. kind of like performative judged uh, format mm -hmm. is that is that if you've seen the Black Mirror episode that that mirror that that uh, mirrors, I'll say it that style. It, it, what it, it holds the it holds the life of the contestant in the balance. What's the Black right? Mirror episode? Does someone have to sing until they die? Um, it, it's just like a it's just like a isn't this horrible that we sort of just like um, put uh, exploit these people's talents for uh, our mirror enjoyment and then their lives mean nothing to us. I guess I just didn't remember the episode. Yeah, Daniel Kaluuya, I believe. Kaluuya. Okay. Uh, the 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 fantastic actor from get out oh he's the is this the new guy. no no this is like season two <laughs> this is a great conversation but so yeah. unlike that i'm sorry i blame yeah. myself streaming on netflix um so it, it it holds the lives of these contestants in the balance see um sandra no uh, uh she sang the les miserables song and everyone lost their minds remember that i dreamed a dream my life could be and it was like she had this like and who was she it? She was just ugly. And so they were like, my God, an ugly person has this beautiful Susan voice. Boyle. Susan Boyle. You got <laughs> oh, it. Oh, I can't. I'm upset. Um, I... And so the Masked Singer, it's like, no, there's no there's no stakes for the lives of these contestants. We're just all having a good time dressing up. They're, and they're already celebrities. They're already celebrities. And if they're bad, the people who are bad and eliminated first, you're like, yeah, man, he's like a linebacker yeah fine <laughs> yeah 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 exactly yeah they're all millionaires it's fine um yeah so i totally i totally see that and and do you want to talk more about the hope that comes from it for you <laughs> well it's like any sort of thing like that where there's like a sea of screaming people having it in front of something that positive is definitely a surprise for me at this time in our history okay and i mean nick cannon's done a lot of very positive things if it weren't for Nick Cannon, I would never have seen Snoop Dogg play improv games, for example, on mm. Wild and Out. Mm. It's a real highlight of my life. I never thought it would happen. Mm. And that's pure positivity. A highlight of your life. Yeah. I mean, I do a lot of improv. We okay. didn't really explain who we are off the top of this. That's okay. Oh, yeah. Okay. I'm an improviser and comedian and writer. What do you do, Dan? Yeah, I'm an actor and I do improv and I sometimes write. Yeah. So similar. Well, okay. If seeing Snoop Dogg dog play like word at a time or whatever he did wasn't a highlight of my life why is it still in my head yeah i forget a lot of things yeah i mean i guess you can just have tons of highlights almost limitless <laughs> yeah do you want to do your main champion answer or do you want me to squeeze in the middle oh yeah are you do you feeling you feeling it now you want to do it um you feel yeah. emboldened yeah go for it okay so um i tend to look at uh i i tend to feel true hope i think there's more to be unpacked about the idea of hope as contrasted to just positive feelings or gratefulness or thankfulness yeah, yeah. which is maybe down the line we'll get there mm -hmm. but when i feel true hope it's often when i see someone older living or being in a way that i want to emulate oh. that i admire and so my pick for that is rupaul um drag race was in the mix too yeah me. yeah i find rupaul to just like to be so incredibly empathetic mm. in a way that is like so admirable and so um so enviable really like uh the ways in which 
you know, like from the from the armchair position of watching television, it's often very easy to see things that people who are in the television shows don't see. This is why we yell at the TV and say, like, oh, I can't believe they didn't see this. They acted so dumb or whatever. Yeah. Um, but like watching that show, I was like struck by the ways in which he would see certain um, personality hints or like relationship dynamics and uh specifically there was like one contestant's relationship with his mother and uh, which one are you talking about are you talking about drag I'm race uk about, or all of it i'm talking about drag race uk right now yeah, yeah drag race uk is also taking it out of america the the queens themselves bring a different energy into it that kind of crystallizes i think this feeling in a different way huh don't you think it's less what am I going to get? Where am I going to go from here? It's much more personal development. Right. I yeah. Think. Yeah. I think you're right too. And much less like I'm going to come out here and I'm going to say corn husks. And now that's my catchphrase. Right. And yeah. so maybe that was sort of like um, working in tandem with this feeling of like watching RuPaul navigate these contestants and navigate their. Um, so you're talking about bag of chips. I'm talking about bag and his mom. Right. Yeah. And he like didn't get along. That was the one. Baggy didn't get along with his mom, right? Or and also we don't really know. And it's nice. It was nice to yeah. be allowed to not know, or for 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 Baga to not have to tell us everything and drag it all out. Right. But I felt so bad, like watching them on stage. I felt so bad, and I was like, oh, this is so bad, awful. Bad for whom? Bad for his for his mom. Yeah. And then then Baga went on the podcast. <laughs> Here we are. And oh, I didn't listen to the podcast. Well, they do it within the show. Oh, right. He sort of they they sort of set up right. mics and he, they go and talk for a bit. And um, the way that the way that they were doing during the judging, RuPaul was like, "There is unfinished business between Baga and his mom, mm-hmm. or and her mom, and uh, and we are going to leave it at that." And it was like every to me every other person who has that much power and is in that position of managing a television show and making good television i feel like would have exploited that and would have said you were mean to your mom or they were mean to their mom yeah what's going on there tell us exactly and it was his it was his empathy and um just like restraint and like and 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 yeah and and like i guess well i had it for right the first time his empathy uh that was just so um impacted me so much and i was like oh yeah i really want to be like that and it makes me feel uh so good to so hopeful to feel like um age and and power need not harden you well and also rupaul's like you know come under fire for some problematic things yes. but it's also dealt with it really well yes. i think i think so too. and that's something that we really have to figure out right now because the solution of canceling or clapping at everybody we i think we all kind of inherently know that that's not the solution it's not going to work yes horrible um villains monsters need to be put away but we can't just throw someone in the garbage can because their thoughts are outmoded yeah and they can be if they can be changed yeah a small thing that i noticed I think it was yesterday I was reading an article I'll try to be as quick as I can there was a couple a couple of dudes on a flight um, to Labrador these guys I heard this I was just gonna say this who were making all sorts of racist comments yeah um, and they have lost their jobs yeah uh, they're they have been officially fully canceled in life um, 
and they're you know they're they're sixty something. I mean, and they were and they've drunk been canceled on, on like Twitter. I don't know what some sixty year olds from Newfoundland being canceled on Twitter. Well, no, he fully lost I his know. job. Yes, like you're it's right. like and so so then the news reached out, and they were like, "What do you think?" And the he they kept expressing so much remorse. They were like, "I feel so bad for this." Yeah, and I'm, and my my family's ashamed of me, and I'm so sorry. And and I'm, I, and I'm an, I'm a, an ignorant person who did I, not know these things. Yeah, and I felt like, wow, that feels like that story would not have gone that way a year ago, two years ago. It feels like, you know, Mila, like like tiny, tiny, tiny steps, baby, baby, baby steps. But like that feels like steps that people are expressing this remorse. And I and, and something that I felt could even go further was there's always this thing where they say i'm not a racist yeah i, heard, I thought about that too it's and like no it's we're like, all racist no you gotta you, there needs to be language to be able to admit this yeah, yeah if we don't accept that we all have prejudice then we're not really going to move forward exactly because the, because racist and 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 um uh even like sex offender or whatever are these terms that encompass you and then put you in the tr- in the trash yeah and also but i also i think I think um, we need to be we need to be listening more around intent and what is meant by that. So when you're saying I'm not a racist, he's saying I don't, I don't have hate in my heart. Yeah, and I think that that's an important distinction between that and like saying things that are racially insensitive and ignorant. Yeah. Ignorance is not knowing by definition. Yeah, we we don't all know everything. It's impossible. Yeah, you like know? I really look forward to the day when it when the article says I be I'm not a racist. I behaved in a racist way. You yeah. know, and then it's like, okay, we can, we can admit this. Yeah. And it's, it's in all of us. We've internalized all these things. We've internalized sexism, all these, like I've, as a woman feel like I have hatred towards women. That's not fair. And towards myself. Yeah. Um, I, this makes, so listening to that interview, uh, made me think of my upbringing in British Columbia. So which interview, uh, the, on the CBC radio, the two or, men, the two men. Okay. Yeah. Cause I heard him on here and now or something. Okay. Um, but in BC, so my mother is, was Jewish. My father was not, just some sort of Christian something, non-practicing. Um, and he, my family lived in a lot of sort of rural areas, still do. And me being Jewish, even to members of my family, was extremely confusing. And certainly to the friends of my father's who like, you know, these... I don't want to be disrespectful, but like a handful of drunk bachelors in rural areas in British Columbia. Okay. Um, but I had these conversations over and over again about what it was to be Jewish or people saying like, oh, I've never met a Jew before. And it's like, well, you, you have. Yeah. <laughs> <It's> just, <laughs> you didn't meet a Hasidic cartoon of a Jew or something right, like right. that. Um, but, you know, a conversation where I answered a few questions could change things. Mm-hmm. For them. Yeah. Yeah. And this whole thing of like, that's not my job. Sure, it's not my job. But also, we have to live in interaction with each other and to mm. learn from each other. And that's important. Mm-hmm. That's something that gives me hope, I guess, is watching someone change or feeling change in myself. That feels positive. It's yeah. small level. That doesn't mean the apocalypse isn't going to happen, but. Right. <laughs> still hopeful. Yeah. Yeah. The bathtub's still filling with water for yeah. sure. Yeah. You know that thing they say about frogs? That thing they say about frogs. Oh, the slow boil? Yeah. Yeah. It's not true. Is that not true? No. Frog will jump out of hot water. Did you test this? No. Mm. <laughs> I'm going to look it up. I want it to be not true. Oh, you want it to be not true. I think it is not true. And then my other choice was Toonberg, baby. 
uh, time person of the year named a couple of days ago. So as of this recording, that's old news or as of this broadcast, that's old news. Yeah. But um, that's I mean, it's pretty cliche answer at this point, but it's real. Um, are you ready for mine? Because. Yeah. Here's the, the champion answer. But guess what? What? It's related. Oh. Um, it is this tweet from Michelle Obama to Greta Thunberg. Um, oh, is, it, is there no G? Do I drop the G? I think so. I, I mean, we're not Swedish. We're doing our best. Okay. I think that it's like Thunberg. Like the G is weird or something. Right. It's like Barry a little bit. Okay. Um, I have some Swedes I can ask. To all the, our Swedish fans, Right. let us know. Yeah. Call in with um, audio recordings. We'll play them all on the next episode. Yeah, we'll play all of them. All of them. Um, so Michelle Obama says, Greta Thunberg, don't let anyone dim your light. Like the girls I've met in Vietnam and all over the world, you have so much to offer us all. Ignore the doubters and know that millions of people are cheering you on. Now, what I like about this is, regardless of whether or not you think that Time's Person of the Year means anything, because Time Magazine is now a portal for non-news, Absolutely. They, they do this once a year. Um, and whether or not you agree with uh, Greta and whether or not you're concerned that she's being listened to as a white woman above other arguments that have been happening for a long time from different people and different youth. And I've heard a lot of that kind of conversation. Yes. What I like about this is that M Michelle Obama, <laughs> this 16-now-year-old girl from uh, Sweden, are able to have this sort of interaction mm -hmm. and it's public and it's yes twitter is performative social media is performative but um this is an this is a new structure of communication it's not a late night talk show or a primetime talk show where a man behind a desk gets to interview greta and the choice of who gets on that talk show and on those interviews is made through all these gatekeepers, Michelle Obama is able to read about Greta and communicate to her and we're all able to see it. Mm -hmm. This sort of, the webbiness of the internet felt like it had a good moment for me. For all that it sucks away from us, mm -hmm. I was like, these are the things that are important. These two people, would, would they have known each other? Maybe. We can't know any. We can't know how anything would have gone without these sort of communication structures that we live in now. But yeah. what do you think? You look like you're having thoughts. Um, I've just had thoughts recently about, yeah, about, um, because I've been feeling so negative about the internet. Yeah. And then, um, but then also, yeah, catching myself and saying like, there has been, there has been, and continues to be, so many good things about it, that it's very difficult to um to Can cancel the internet to cancel the internet well to just like <laughs> to shut down the things that are um perhaps decaying our uh psyche yeah you know? yeah it definitely feels like that well i mean this this decade was really this past decade was really the decade of in information and the internet we all got computers in our pockets over this decade right yeah and they've quite obviously and very quickly ruined us in many ways mm -hmm. um, everybody's anxious everybody's isolated uh computer algorithms are winning national elections possibly yesterday yes. at the time of recording that's right um i i wonder what's 
up in the 20s, in the roaring 20s. Mm-hmm. It doesn't feel like we can stay like this. What do you think? Um, yeah, it feels, the growth feels um, akin to like capitalist growth in that it's just like it needs to grow or die. And it's like, well, it's going to start to do both of those things. To grow and die? Yeah. To sort of, um, you know, grow limbs that don't work anymore. And then the brain stops growing, but the limbs continue to grow. You know that? No, that's very scary. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just making it up. That's a very horror movie. Yeah. So the internet's like an out-of-control arm? Um, An out-of-control monster, yeah. With no brain, no heart, no soul. Right. Yeah. It, it's the. It is. It is the closest thing we have to artificial intelligence. The, the sort of. The sort of cumulative, uh, human input plus, computer feedback. What are the things in this world of internet and technology that make you hopeful? Because, I'm a, like a. I think I'm a luddite of some description. I have a smartphone. I hate it. Is that a Luddite? That's a lot of, that's a lot of people. <laughs> Hating it, it does not make you a Luddite. Um, what are the things about technology and the internet that make me hopeful? Yeah, or, or you were saying like like moments like this, for me, you, you see these things happening on the internet and they make you not want to cancel it. What Can you think of any things? Oh, yeah, like I- exactly what you're talking about. So um, the ability for... Um, for like i do think that like i do think that like cancel cancel culture while it has a negative side it's not all negative no you know it is it is like this is this this is a version of people who were formerly unheard being heard yeah it gives voice it gives voice absolutely and the fact that we give credence to that voice people lose their jobs etc it's like that is ultimately important in some way it might be dangerous but I think it's valid. And we're kind of like, we're in like a toddler state dealing with this stuff. We yes. Exa- we haven't refined it, but it's new and good. It's new and good. And it's also it's also coming at this time when things feel dire. Um, and so there's this, there's this interesting um, tension. Uh, I've heard it described once as like, you know, a, 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 the ship is sinking and rats are arguing over like... Um, who called each other racist or whatever. And it's like, it's like, yes, that is true, but it's also true that we still need to live our lives in a good way, even if we're all dying. (laughs) Well, we're, we've always been dying. Yeah. We're dying in a very specific, scary way right now. Right. But life is dying. Yeah. Yeah. My, my, my father expressed having a, a huge amount of fear during, um, the cold war yeah. like when i was a child he had like serious like nuclear disaster fear um yeah and, and then with the cuban missile crisis that was so close to home and so terrifying yeah but it even continued for mm-hmm. 20 years after like mm-hmm. um and so yeah like you know fear is not fear is not new no we're designed to like crouch in a bush in the jungle and try not to get eaten by a tiger right um running also oh yeah we can run away well that's humans are great at running that's 
That's a uh, fight or flight. I guess it's like fight or flight or fern or hide <laughs> or fern. Turn into a fern. <laughs> hide in the fern. Yeah. See if that works. I, yeah. That's my. Actually, freeze is one of them. Fawn is one. Fawn is one, and freeze is one. Yeah, and fern is none of them. It's sort of freeze. Yeah. Freeze in a fern. Yeah. Frond. Frond. Exactly. Um, what? Oh, this is too. It's the darker question. What are you most scared about? What am I most scared about? Um, I don't have a good answer for that off the top of my head. Do you ask because you have an answer? Uh, no, I like the question. I keep coming up with questions that I don't know how to answer. Mm. That's sort of um, it's like the theme. Uh, I don't know. I thought a lot about what it would be like to be murdered, I think, as a lot of contemporary middle-aged women do. Sure. I don't think it's a good way to go, but it's not the thing that scares me the most. <laughs> oh, you know there's something else, but you don't know what it is, but you know there's something else bigger than murder. I think, yeah, I think having a kid and watching it die would be worse than being killed. Ah, I mean, this is, <laughs> I, I don't know if this is within the theme of this podcast, but this certainly explains my desire personally to talk about hope because these are the thoughts that cycle through my head all day. Yes. Yeah, I, I do think that... Um, I, th- I do think that the H word is a coin and has two sides. Uh, the other one is hell or hopelessness. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, it's just like the, the, the reason this thing exists is because of its opposite. Do we just have too, to- too much time on our hands? Like, is that why we have to think about hope? <laughs> um, like, should I be tilling a field instead? Is that? Should you be tilling a field? No, I don't think so. Uh, but that, that is, that is something that, um, I think about when I, when you were talking about, uh, the future and projecting and the longer I project, the more I project into, um, the end times. Uh, and I do think about, um, moving to the country. Yeah. I think about moving to the country. Yeah. Because of cities will be devastated, ravaged. Let's take a poll we have we have oh we have social media i'll plug it in the middle of the well we're, we're nearing the end i guess um we have social media it's the h word pod on instagram twitter and facebook but on twitter i'm gonna make this a poll <laughs> do you want to move do you think about moving to the country yes or no are you thinking currently about it okay or do you want to give choices like of what where in the country yeah should you till a field I think just, is this something that's on your mind right now? Because when I'm having like anxiety, severe anxiety attacks, I lie down and think, first of all, I think that imagination is the best thing because you can escape everything. Hmm. That's my personal stance on it. It's like (laughs) My personal stance is that imagination is good. (laughs) Because you can just fall asleep all day and escape escape your actual life. Yeah. I, you and I both use our creativity as a means of, of income and livelihood and, I guess, societal usefulness. But I also use my imagination as basically the television show that I get to write <laughs> to calm me down <laughs> every single night. <laughs> yes. This is why... Which sounds like the advice you give to someone who... Like, you give has... to a child who you are keeping in isolation. <laughs> well, we all live in isolation. We're all a black box that no one else can see into except us. And it's terrifying when you realize that. Uh-huh. But but the benefit is you get to make your own TV show every night. Now, in this is mind. why my pitches don't always work well. Because I only pitch what I want to see in my dreams <laughs> to, to <laughs> network television. Yeah. But... 
coming back to country, like my thoughts during recent anxiety uh, attacks has been, where do you want to go right now? Because you have the option, you have your imagination, you can go wherever you want. And it's often just lying in the woods. In the woods? Yeah. Is or it, sometimes lying on a beach. Is it night or day? Um, ooh, I'm going to go with a magic hour on this. Okay. It's not, I do not, I'm not someone who enjoys direct sunlight. Uh-huh. If you've is seen it, me, that's clear. It, I'm blue. It's warm, I imagine. Uh, no. No. Oh. Is so it the cold ground? <laughs> <laughs> well, like a, let's say a tepid, loamy moss. Mm-hmm. But I find it very calming. And also, I know in this, in this imagination world that my home is near here. Ah, yes. And You're the, near home. And that the things I need are around me. Living in a city and facing the apocalypse is very scary because the things you need to survive are not around you. Water. That's right. Trees. That's the right. The things you need as fuel and food and sustenance are not around you. They, they show up in trucks to the convenience store. Mm-hmm. So that's me. What about you? What's your calm? Uh, is this how you feel about dreams and imagination? Um, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I will. I will say I was. I was talking uh, with my girlfriend about our affinity for podcasts mm-hmm. and the how they function as imagination replacement. Um, oh, yeah. Where. Um, she was saying, I'm listening to a lot recently. And I was like, when I get that way, I know that that's a sign that I'm not feeling my feelings or thinking my thoughts. I'm trying to avoid something. So I fill my imagination and I fill my brain with the words of others. Well, what kind of podcasts do you guys oh, she listen to? I mean, she listens to murder ones. Um, oh. Yeah. And I listen to comedic ones. Oh. Yeah. I listen to usually mythology podcasts mythology yeah and like anthropology and mysticism podcasts wow there's a podcast for everyone there is yeah and this one's for hopefully someone (laughs) hopefully yeah 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 good you worked in the the words that's right (laughs) stacy didn't even notice (laughs) a soft i just got that from the couch well it's been a really good conversation. I was really anxious about this. Yeah, I was also um I was also nervous that there wouldn't be enough structure. Yeah, me too. Even though I don't I kind of fight against structure myself. I still think there might not be enough, but And I think it's a great idea to call it episode 0 it because is episode zero. it is I do feel it's one of discovery and I do feel like something that we do when we talk is we unpack a lot of things. Mm-hmm. And so if you like unpacking, you might like this show. If you like a show that's uh, researched and they know if a frog dies in boiling water or not, it, it's not going to be for they, you. It's how it There's works. There's other shows or how out stuff there. Works. How, how frogs work. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. How, how a frog in a boiling water. They've done so many episodes. That must be one of them by now. Absolutely. Yeah. But this is more like, yeah, unpacking, unpacking stuff. Yeah. Um, what else should I say? Uh, I do want to give a shout out to Marta Rishko, who's done our design. She's done all of our identity design, and it's beautiful. And I'd like to shout out Stacey McGonigal, who's been producing this podcast so far. Uh, and it's been made things so easy to do. All we have to come is, is do is, is come here and unpack. Yeah, it's wonderful. And um, 
Happy New Year, everybody. I hope that your hangovers are treating you well. If you don't drink, I hope you're having a smug morning. <laughs> up at nine, up at, feeling fantastic, looking out at the white virginal snow. Texting your friends about plans that you've made for the week yeah, at 8 a.m. Just rub it in that they're not away. Watching Insta stories and smirking. <laughs> Make, I hope you're really having a great day. Making making Insta stories at 7 a.m. about how you're like repacking your storage room or something. Exactly. Thinking about making an egg. And being like, yeah, I'd love an egg right now, and having and not and not lacking the will to do that. Yeah, man, making like a pl- a plate of deviled eggs, e- eating them for your Insta stories, and knowing that it's gonna make all your friends sick to their stomach. Exactly. Yeah, so. I hope you have a fucking great 2020, and I'm sorry to curse, but I really hope you die. You fucking sober asshole. You piece of shit. Go back to bed like the rest of us. Bye. Bye.